Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and much, much more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Parenting can often feel like a lonely journey. With all the roles we juggle in life and the limited number of hours every day brings, many parents can feel like we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. But parenting is not meant to be a one-man or one-woman show. It's meant to be done in tandem. Active co-parenting where both parents are involved and hands-on is truly the teamwork that makes the dream of parenting well work out. Today, we'll be catching up with Kevin and Edna, busy creative agency owners and also busy parents. Welcome to the show, Kevin and Edna. Hi. Hello. Hello, Aaron. Hi. Could you introduce yourselves? How long have you been married? How many children do you have? And how old are your children? Um, Kevin and I, we've been uh, dating for 10 years during our college days before we got married for another 23 years. So you would say that we'll go a long way back. And uh, uh, we have four children, uh, two boys and two girls, the oldest being 21. Uh, followed by a 19-year-old national serviceman, 16-year-old in the polytechnic, and uh, my youngest uh, is 12, doing her PSLE this year. So yeah. you have the whole range from a from a primary schooler all the way to a, maybe even a young working adult. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the primary schooler thinks she's already a teenager. So in that sense, we have four, uh, we have four <laughs> growing young men and women. <laughs> And actually, I've seen some of them grow up, you know, and, and, and as personal friends of both Kevin and Anna, you know, it's such a joy to see them growing up well, to see your children, you know, really coming of their own, having their own identity and doing well even in school. Most of us naturally, right, when as children, we will go to our mom or to our dad for different things and we relate differently to a different parent and, and just we, we go to them for different reasons or so. So as we parent in tandem well, what are some ways we can tag team, you know, each other? For example, how do you complement each other as parents? I think for us, uh, it's really about um, working with each other's strength. Coming into marriage very often, I think there's a lot of expectation, at least for my part. Lah. Discipline of the kids uh, reside on my space. I do have a lot of expectation uh, uh, in terms of uh, how, how the children behave, etc., I'm also realizing I need to give them the space to to grow and to uh, individualize. I think Anna is very good at that. She's actually more relational, I feel. So it's been a journey. It's been uh, really a, a whole lot of learning. Uh, like Anna says, right, in the first 10 years of our marriage with the kids have been our honeymoon because we are very easy, we are very free, free flow, we are quite adventurous. So it's been really good. But the moment the kids became teenagers, right, I think that's where the challenges started because we realized our methodologies and our styles are very different. So that's where we also have been realizing that we needed to play together in tandem more, more 
deliberately and more intentionally than before. And uh, to be honest, the last 12 years haven't been very easy. Um, not because we cannot get along with each other, but just simply because our uh, preferences, our styles uh, are, are just different. How did it look like for you, Edna? I would say that uh, our initial understanding about co-parenting uh, is about what we each uh, do best in and that allow us to complete the task as efficiently as possible so that we can get our rest after a long working day, right? So when we had our four kids, it was really um, divided by, okay, you know what, I will do the feeding, cleaning, cooking, putting to bed, reading bedtime stories, scheduling the classes. Uh, and I would take that upon myself because uh, I want to be the good wife for Kevin, right? So he could have his rest. And also because I love uh, crossing a to-do list and make up for all the time um, that I was at work and trying to be there for my children. So uh, that was very good. Uh, when we first started the business a long time ago, she told me, hey, the night, the night feeds, you don't need to do. I said, oh, yes, man. I think every husband will want that, right? But uh, uh, I think for the, for the guys out there, it's not so all the time. It's really about the strength and uh, that the couple brings to the table and for that to be arranged. So for me, Anna was really good by saying, hey, you focus on the business. And the beginning was really tough. So I think that was, that was good. Lah, and I'm very blessed. So the first 10 years, uh, all the physical needs, uh, emotional needs, yeah, I would be the one there for the children. And Kevin would be the hands-on dad when it comes to playing with them. He will be on the floor, he will be at the playgrounds, and uh, even up to today, all the game time is usually initiated by Kevin, be it rock climbing, basketball, playing bridge, playing board games. Yeah. Um, and I would be the one that the kids run to for, you know, meals pocket money, <laughs> sorting out uh, their activities and all. But I would say that, you know, um, that is one way of co-parenting, but not necessarily the best way. While it got things done, um, actually, we find that the last couple of years, we've been learning that co-parenting is really about, uh, in its best form, right? Uh, learning to incorporate each other's perspective and preferences. All this should be really like, taken time to communicate each other and forming a common picture of an understanding of how we would like to raise our children. So we felt that while the early years were, we were trying to like survive <laughs> the very tiring day, uh, as we are raising children who are pushing boundaries, exploring uh, their space, their identity, their personality, um, they are navigating social media and all, I, I think it became clearer and clearer to us that now our co-parenting uh, need to shift uh, from roles to really learning to discuss with each other how to uh, communicate as one team and, um, and who would have that, you know, that best strength and ability to bring out that character, trait, that value, that environment, that habit, that life skill. So now it becomes like, okay, you know, it's not your way or my way, but uh, we are increasingly learning to, to ask ourselves, what is our way? That kind of like incorporates both our views. And, and then from there, we 
we create something that works for us as parents and also works for the children. Yeah, that kind of, you know, brings out their best uh, in them as much as it brings out the best in us. Yeah. Otherwise, often if we don't do that, we will end up like um, having mismatched expectations and children getting like a little confused. Uh, what is our stand? Or at, at worst, they will use it to, uh, you know, kind of put a divide between us. So from what I hear, in the past, the roles were divided by what you do and what I do. But now as the children are growing up, uh, you actually seeing that there must be a blending in the sense of your, of your perspectives and or even of your opinions to have a, a, a common voice so that when you speak to the children, it's very clear to them what you are expecting of them as well. Um, and how do you find that space to have that common voice? How do you all do that? I think the common voice uh, is, is truly found in conflict. Uh, because uh, until you trash it out, right, uh, it is not my way or the highway, right? It's really um, a, a rediscovery of each other through the difficult fighting over preferences. There was, uh, there was a something uh, this guy said over a conference and I thought it was quite funny. Uh, he said, stop trying to fix your children, fix the marriage. And I think it's, it, 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 it's true. Uh, sometimes children become um, points of contention and even points of leverage. You must be very careful not to play those kind of games, but rather to come into a space of agreement and then you can have the common voice. But to get to a space of agreement, I think couples need to um, dare to have the difficult conversations and have it to a point where there is a consensus. Um, but I think it has to do with maturity and, and I think for us, we have been forced by circumstance to mature lah, because we've tried it for a pretty long time. <laughs> it doesn't work. So as, as, as Edna was saying, I, I used to be on the floor and playing the kids. Today, I'm still on the floor. I'm very tired. <laughs> 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 From all the, all the, the challenging, as I was listening to a, a, another podcast, right? Uh, this guy was saying the contention and the conversation is very necessary so that you can reach the consensus. Um, I think it's quite wise because sometimes it's either you win or I win or you lose or I lose. The, the kind of mentality doesn't serve. La. So the place of agreement is the most powerful place for a couple, I feel. So, I mean, we've been learning this the hard way. So, yeah. I think um, because we know each other's strengths and weaknesses well, I, I feel like it is about recognizing that and then appreciating that. Uh, and letting that guide the conversation. So I would say that for Kevin, he's a very big picture person. So usually he's the one who can spot the potential problems in situations strategically for the long term and all. And um, he would be the one naturally calling out the issues and raising the red flags. So I feel that what uh, uh, I've been learning is to really appreciate that and then, because it helps me to pay attention what is important on hand and not just the short-term uh, actions and behaviours. Uh, and then what we can do also is um, riding on each other's strengths. He's very good with ideas, coming up ideas to solve things, problem-solving, right? It's something that he's uh, very good at uh, as a creative. And uh, my job is to pick up the best idea to implement and uh, something that's sustainable in the long run. Yeah, and that's how we work even in the agency. 
Um, in, in recent times, we, we go to church and uh, the, the theme is currently is the butterfly's effect. And uh, if you know the stages of a butterfly, right, it's from egg to larvae to pupa to butterfly. Everybody wants to get to the butterfly stage because that's the most beautiful uh, free space. But as the, as, as the person was sharing, uh, he was saying uh, the struggle is real and, uh, and the, the process is necessary. You can't get from caterpillar to butterfly by jumping a step. And I think uh, getting into a cocoon space is not very comfortable for many. Um, and then he shared this story. He said there was a couple that, that saw a caterpillar turning into a, a, a pupa and then struggling. And so they decided they wanted to help it. Lah. So they began to cut a hole to sort of uh, free and to release the, the, the creature, right? And in the process of doing so, it died because it didn't have the opportunity to actually struggle and, and, and strengthen its, its body to actually become the butterfly. I think the struggles that we go through is very difficult. It's very, very painful, but it's very necessary. And I think if, if in the relationship of the family, we struggle with the kids and we are honest with them, I think they, can, they will be able to accept our imperfections as well. And I think it's been a journey. So it's been quite, uh, it's been quite a ride. And no regrets. And initially, when we got married, Anna wanted six children. But by the time we came before, I said, cannot, cannot. <laughs> I think she agreed. So we, we stopped factory already. Yeah, why it's been good. So how many do you want in the first place, Kevin? I I, I didn't have a number lah. When she said six, I like, hmm, okay, quite garang lah, okay. I, uh, I think we were young and ambitious and watching too much American sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, hmm, half a dozen. That makes a good uh team to play games. <laughs> but for me, I wanted to uh, have a larger, larger uh, family because I grew up with one sister who's five years older than me. And as we grew up, I didn't really have her as a sibling to play with and so when we had our own family i said one oh, must have more children i think it'd be fun yeah and and it has been like in in many ways yeah yeah i came from a large family of five so it was very natural to you know have that because uh, i had such a good time a uh, good relationship with my siblings and it's always so noisy and uh, lots of activities happening so you have four children and you know we often hear about this second shift where parents come back from work and then they do another shift of parenting, right? With the unseen mental load that parents seem to have, especially both of you have your own business as well. Uh, you know, you have your own stresses that you have at work and then you come back and now you have to handle, in a sense, the stress that comes with managing the, the four children. Um, how do you pick it up in that sense? Or how do you gain that um, ability to say, I want to do this well? Mm, I think first and foremost, we must recognize that each family is unique and each family is different. And I think the way to manage that is to to ensure that you have the conversation with your spouse first and foremost. Because once you come to a space of agreement, it doesn't matter what the parents say or what society tells us. We, we figure it out and we try. And it is uh, it's, it's what we call in design uh, rapid prototyping, right? Try lah. The most you fail and then you you, you iterate from there lah. I think that's, that's the best way. But I'm saying this out of like looking in hindsight lah. Uh, we have made many mistakes. We've we've gone through, uh, in a sense, many uh, uh, crises or wars. Um, uh, but when we come home, uh, I think we we flow with our personality. Uh, Anna and I are quite uh, flexible. Sometimes too flexible. Today is some is very often what I I feel as an almost a regret because when they were younger, we didn't set those structures well. But then again, if life is so structured, right? I think it's a bit stiff. 
so so we have been going with that flow lah. I think uh for us uh thankfully we do have our parents uh who are supporting and so it helps. I think once once we come home we tell ourselves to connect with the children either by say the family meals um, where all the mobile phones are stacked in one corner and we just ask questions and be there to listen what's happening. Yeah, I think it it helps us to also disconnect from work because often we are already having that, you know, um thinking through the work. So when we sit down and have that meal and put aside that phone, it kind of forces you to switch off and be in the present of even just enjoying a meal together and having like um open conversations about how how their day went and depending on whoever's you know feeling chatty we write on that energy to to connect yeah so kevin you mentioned earlier that you know when you first started the business Edna said uh you concentrate on the work and i'll take care of the kids but we're talking about co-parenting or parenting in tandem how can we do it well that not only one parent is doing more than the other in a sense but there is some sort of a balance i know it's very difficult to to have that balance uh, but how then can we encourage uh, our spouse to maybe say um, can you help in this area a little bit more did edna have to come to you in those moments and say i i'm actually struggling a little bit here mm, i don't think edna struggle lah <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe she struggled with me lah not struggle with the kids but uh Uh, I think we had a, we had a lot of great fun. I think it was our strength, and so we we were playing up our strength. Um, uh, that might sound like it's not co-parenting, but I think it's co-parenting in itself. Co-parenting doesn't mean we do exactly what each other need to do and duplicate that. It 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 can come in various forms, and that's why I say it goes back to the conversation where there must be a, a an agreement. And every couple is unique. If uh, one spouse wants the other spouse to play a certain role, then play it lah. You know, and and if you can, I won't say talk yourself out of it. If you can present a better way, and there's an agreement, even when the grandparents say, "Hey, what kind of how are you raising your ch- children?" Now, this is not the way you should be doing it. It doesn't matter because there is an agreement already. And I think that's the that's something that has been fundamental, and we are realizing it more so now than ever, lah. Yeah, in our parenting, I'll give you an example. When uh, our third child was uh, going to sec one. Um, I was observing. There seems to be a, a, an entitlement kind of spirit that was coming on, and I told Anna, "Hey, stop fetching him to school because I want him to learn responsibility and to grow into that space." Uh, for Anna, she resisted that lah, and her response was, um, "But this is my only time as a working mom. I can spend time with him." She is right in looking at it in that respect, and it took us about six months to have that conversation proper so that she would let go fully. And so that he could, you know, truly take responsibility for his waking up and going to school, which I I think is is something that is important. So, uh, just like the butterfly, right? I think Singaporean parents perhaps, uh, we must find ways to give our children the opportunity to truly build capability. If not, we we can provide for them, and that um, can be dangerous because uh, we don't allow them to actually stretch or to struggle or to wrestle or to contend with. Or to even have conversations because mummy and daddy can do everything, right? Yeah, and I think Singaporeans are very capable, but that is the danger. So, I'm hearing that that both of you are really having that attitude that says, "Yeah, I'm I'm giving my best, but yet at the same time, I don't want to, in a, in a sense, uh, spoil my kids." 
I want them to experience their own growth, uh, being like that caterpillar to that butterfly. Um, in, in terms of your relationship towards each other, how do you strengthen it on a day-to-day basis? Go out for dates. <laughs> We've been learning in the recent years that taking uh, two holidays a year away uh, alone without the kids actually has been helpful. And so we've been practicing that for the last four or five years. We, we try to go to bed and pray together, wake up and do likewise. Uh, our marriage counsellors also have advised, hey, uh, hold hands more. Lah, because it is uh, is a physical affection. We are in such a busy world where we disconnect and holding hands is like, like you know, it, it gets weird because it's been so long since you held hands, right? And even that little practice has helped. Lah. And yeah, and even though we possibly have a teeth, the holding hands actually uh, does signal the commitment of uh, where we are and where we want to be. Uh, it's not about just feeling alone, about but about intention. Uh. And I think it has helped. Uh, yep. And we just practiced it uh, last night. <laughs> Seriously. So I, I, I think we're not here to just offer solutions. Uh. We're really on our journey. We're really learning. Yeah, I'm just sharing with you our challenges along the way. Uh. So Edna, anything that you, know, you are planning to, to do or uh, in a sense with the children for Father's Day? Is uh, this a big thing for your family? It is a thing. I hope it's well, a big thing. <laughs> I hope the kids are listening. <laughs> we have been letting the children take the lead uh, rather than uh, my usual style, which is to try and make things happen. So I'm also resisting pitching in too much because uh, I, I we are really wanting the children to have ownership in the event. So judging from what they did for Mother's Day, I'm quite sure that uh, it will be something that Kevin would like. I mean, our family loves experiences, uh, bonding over experiences. So I would only hint that it would not just be dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated to hear about how your journey is because both of you are creative people, right? You, you are also business owners. You are busy and you have four children and they are growing up really fast. Um, now with, um, you know, working from home or home-based learning, uh, with especially with COVID, how has the experience been like for you and the children? I think it's been really good for the family. Lah. Um, painful at times, but very necessary. Last year in 2020, when the COVID hit, uh, three weeks into COVID, I was hearing things from the ground that uh, domestic violence increased. And when you hear this kind of stats, right, it's just a stats. It's just somebody out there and you, can, you just can't imagine. Uh, but cut long story short, um, uh, for me and one of the kids, uh, we had a fight. Uh, and uh, that kid ran away from home for, for, for three weeks. I think uh, it, it goes to show that all families are fragile and potentially vulnerable. And no matter how, as couples, we can be very in one mind, one uh, being consensus and all that, we still need the village. Uh, we can't do it alone. And that's why community is so valuable to us. And we had community that surrounded us and it saved us. Lah. And it, it, through those, through, through that difficult time, and I uh, uh, recognize the importance of being at home more, doing, doing our best, um, but it's more intentional these days. So we do have a once a week uh, gathering for, for a deliberate chit-chat and that lasts uh, longer than the usual meal. And it's been good. Lah. Um, we we try not to miss it and yeah it's really it's, it's just really a, a constant uh, challenge and uh, uh, a struggle but it is also a, a pleasure to actually see the kids growing up 
So in the process of COVID, we have seen one of our kids also learn how to drive. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is, is this the things that we are closer to home uh, and, and, and venturing out, being open to try new stuff and we're there to just cheer them on. Uh. So we have uh, almost come to the end of our show. Um, really appreciate both Kevin and Anna to to share with us uh, your, your journey so far. Uh, and uh, I believe it's also a joy to see your children grow up and to experience, you know, even though it may be painful what happened last year, I, I believe the healing that has been taking place for your family is also something wonderful. Uh, would you have any last thoughts to share with our listeners? Maybe just one thing to encourage them if they are especially going through a difficult time um, co-parenting or even just having a difficult time uh, as, as parents uh, of teenagers, perhaps. Look at it as an adventure and do it with your best friend, your spouse, and um, go out there and discover not only your kids, not only your spouse, but yourself in the whole process and uh, the magic is in the mess. I think it will be to take time to take care of the marriage and uh, to ensure that the love bank with each other is filled, you know, continuously, daily, because when we have a strong marriage, we will be able to model for our children what love looks like and it also means that um, you know when they, they know that we love each other they will also have that sense of um, security that we also love them regardless of whatever differences we may have yeah it is only temporal and there will always be better days so like riding a tandem bike when you do fall off i think it's important to be kind to yourself and to your spouse because it's very natural to have differences because we're so unique and in our strengths, in our personality, in our upbringing. So we're all learning. So when we do, um, you know, lose that balance, I think it's important to just um, dust off and then cry a little if it helps and uh, invite each other back to the bike together to have another goal. Yeah. And whatever it is, don't, don't give up. <laughs> there will be better days and seasons ahead. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin and Edna. Really appreciate both of you. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, it's been... Yeah. Thank you for, you know, giving us this opportunity to do a bit of a reflection ourselves on our journey. If you'd like to be updated on Family Life content, you can subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter at www.family.org.sg slash subscribe. You can follow us at ThrivingFamilySG on Instagram and at FocusOnTheFamily.sg on Facebook. You can also catch up on previous episodes of the Parent Ed Podcast and help to share this episode with your friends. Thank you once again for listening to the Parent Ed Podcast. Until the next episode, have a great week with your family. Mm-hmm.